What's up, basketball fans? This is Jason Amar, along with my boy, Andy Cordell. And this is 808s and Fast Breaks, a bi-weekly basketball discussion that rarely ends up being about just basketball. Welcome back to 808s and Fast Breaks. This is episode four. I'm Jason Amar, along with my good friend, Andy Cordell. Hey, hey. And we're back to, to recap game two of the first round of the NBA playoffs. This is uh, Sunday, April 17th, and we're starting our broadcast here uh, just as the Suns and, and Pelican, Pelicans, <laughs> sound Pelican. real fancy here, yeah. Pelicans game is, uh, is tipping off. So we've had three... Mm, Two, a, a two, it's two. <laughs> two, two really exciting games, and and one that was a little bit more of a blowout. But three playoff games today. Uh, where where do you? What game do you want to start off uh, today, Andy? We're we're gonna have to talk about the best game of the day. I, I thought that's where you'd want to go for sure. All right, and and I think all you basketball fans know what we're alluding to: the absolute thriller uh, between the two and seven in the Eastern Conference, Brooklyn, and. The Boston Celtics. Um, do Do you want to start here? Incredible buzzer beater. To- I'll, I'll let you start. I just want to just premise: this was a game you had to watch. We're talking about nineteen lead changes in this game, and twelve times it was tied. It was uh, it was um, a scoring exhibition, definitely from some players that we'll note during this observation, but. It was just a really, really good game, and obviously the buzzer beater was... It couldn't have been more perfect. There was no other way Jason Tatum could have gotten that shot. Like, that spin move, Mm -hmm. literally to flick it off of his... I'm still... Yeah, and dude, and Marcus Marcus Smart passing it, too. Like, I Mm -hmm. I saw people buzzing on Twitter about that pass and how last year he probably would have shot that, right? But he pump fakes, pump fakes again, takes a step in and delivers an absolute dime to a cutting Tatum... And like you said, it spins and makes a layup right as time expires uh, to win by one point, one fifteen to one fourteen. Um, crazy, crazy game. Like we mentioned, Tatum was brilliant throughout. He was nine of eighteen for thirty-one points and really diming it up. Like I, I think we both thought going into this that Marcus Smart was going to be a big playmaker, but Tatum was really kind of the driving force there, keeping everyone in line, getting the teammates involved to start, while also looking for his own. A um, couple big shots over over Kevin Durant, and you could tell he was kind of relishing the moment. Them on playing. the block, on yeah, the block, that, that one, was crazy. Yeah, that one turnaround, relishing the moment, right? Them playing in Team USA together and practicing together, and Tatum clearly being, you know, a Kevin Durant disciple <laughs> um, in, the, in his play style. Um, and on the other side, you know, we had a... A new version of of Mr. Irving. You know, you met Uncle Drew, but today we met a uh, Ramadan Kyrie. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Ramadan Kyrie, <laughs> undefeated. Honestly, he just completely went off. Thirty nine points, twelve of twenty, and you know you would think with Kevin Durant on your team, the most unstoppable offensive force in our league, you know you would defer to him, but no, like Kyrie really took the. The game into his hands. Obviously, there's a little bit of controversial opinion about how he's responding to the the fans. Yeah, we'll 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 talk about that after we we talk more about the basketball. 
That's true. And I don't know, man. He he did a little bit of everything tonight. You know, most notably, I know he was making buckets. But Kyrie had four steals and a block as well. Six assists, five rebounds. He was kind of all over the floor. And, you know, there really was no answer for him, especially with some of those heat check threes. You know, he's a savant when he's driving. And um, without Kyrie going off, this this would have been, you know, not as close of a game. Kyrie really kept them in it for the most part. Yeah, and to, and to kind of run through the game and summarize at large, you know, there, this was it was kind of a slog to start. Uh, on the broadcast, they even mentioned there were 18 fouls in the first quarter. It felt like a free throw fest. Both teams were in the bonus for six minutes almost in, in that first quarter. So it, it didn't it didn't feel like the refs were going to let that playoff atmosphere really thrive, especially in the TD Garden where they were letting Kyrie have it, raucous crowd. Um, the refs definitely took control back of the game. And I don't know if that was a bad thing. You know, it. I thought it was going to be, I thought they were going to, you know, Scott Foster the fuck out of this, but <laughs> it was it was chill and the, the the Nets started to come away. Um the game was tied going into halftime. Exactly what you want, right? It's it, it had every every appeal to it. And then the Celtics almost ran away with it. You know, they start the third quarter in a twenty two to seven run, go on a fifteen point lead. And that's really when you mentioned Kyrie hitting those timely buckets. He kept them in it. Kevin Durant was, I don't want to say nowhere to be found. He's Kevin fucking Durant, <laughs> right? But definitely an off game for him. He was 9 of 24. And when Brooklyn loses by one point and Kevin Durant's 9 of 24, you know, that's you losing on, on the last shot of the game. Like, mm, that, yeah. I don't know. That just proves that this series is going to be extremely close as we move forward. Um, let's Let's touch on that. Kyrie fan interaction. Um, we'll get your thoughts first, but I'll just kind of recap the altercation. Um, I believe it was in the third quarter when Kyrie was on that run, and every time he was touching the ball, Boston fans were letting him have it, heckling, screaming, booing, which is all well and good. You know, I love that in a playoff game. I think it's what makes it awesome. But for him, it seemed to have went a little too far. You saw him giving the bird to some fans mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. making little crybaby emo- or you know emotions and and gesturing to the crowd that that he was ready to to take it all on and and then in his press game or post game press conference you know he he said that you know fans were calling him pussy bitch fuck you all this stuff and and a lot of explicitives yeah you know and and that's like we were saying that's part of a playoff atmosphere but for him it starts to go a little bit too far and i think i think this part's true you know when when the player looks back at you and you cower away you know it's at that point it's a human to human thing it's not just a a basketball player a basketball player and a fan yelling and when you shy away from that not that you're supposed to go on the on the court and do anything you know i i think Kyrie has a point and he can be upset, you know, when that's when that's the case, and he's just having words hurled at him, and he knows that they're never going to do anything about it, and all he, all he can really do is show it on the basketball court, which he did. Yeah, I really don't have too much to add on that. You hit it spot on. Like, you know what, Boston fans, get over yourselves. You know what I mean? That was a while back. I understand you're a little bitter because Kyrie's an amazing player, but you know things happen. Life happens. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like. 
people make excuses all the time for life. So give give Kyrie a little bit of slack. One thing that I did just want to bring up before we go on to anything else was you know how we did say that Kevin Durant, like, you know, amazing offensive player. He still had, I would say, a reasonable stat line. One thing, though, was in the beginning of the first quarter, his turnovers, you know, at the very beginning of the game, it was like a lot of fast break offense. It's suff- suffocating defense yeah, from the Celtics. It was really defense. the foul trouble that started to slow that that aspect yep. of the game down. Yeah, and then it's just, dude, the six turnovers really, really just kind of stand out more than anything in terms of like just what could have negatively impacted this game. I think t- Kevin Durant not being able to hold the ball, but it's the adjustments he will obviously have to make because Boston being so aggressive on defense, I think it might have just caught him slightly off guard. And, you know, we'll we'll move on from that. But I just wanted to note that. That's, yeah. Because that's just not – that's not Kevin. Definitely. No, he'll he, – he's Kevin Durant. He's, you know he's going to bounce back and probably have a 30-point game uh, in, in game two. But look, looking ahead to game two of this series, you know, the length of Boston, especially on defense, we mentioned that suffocating defense – but also just the lack of length almost makes Boston look super tall. They don't have they like they don't even have a true seven footer on their team. But the length of their team looks imposing when you compare it to Brooklyn playing three guards out there who are six foot four, maybe one of them, like probably six foot three or lower. Um, do you think that that's going to continue to be a factor in game two? And we don't see as close of a game without a Kyrie explosion. Um, what do you think the result is in game two? Is it going to be the Nets going down 0-2, backs against the wall, and we're really going to have to see something special out of Kyrie and KD? Or you think they even it up um, the next game in Boston? I'm pretty confident. I thought Brooklyn was going to win this first game. And, you know, just buzzer beaters, uh, I don't want to say it's, like, impossible, but, you know, you have to have a little bit of luck on your side, and everything worked right. So I expect this series to be tied 1-1. just like really thinking about it, I guess the biggest problem that Brooklyn really had was the rebounding um, because they would have three guards in the lineup, like you said, and it was just like there was a lot of missed shots on Boston's case, but offensive rebounding um, kind of... Points in the paint as well. Yeah, points in the paint. You know, Boston had a... What was it? What did they have? They had a... They had a uh, 56 points in the paint compared to Brooklyn's 32. Yeah, you know, and that's just in a one point game. In a w- yeah, exactly. In a one point game, you're just kind of like, well, you know, Nash. I understand that you want to spread the floor and have three point shooting around you. Goran Dragic's really stepped up at at the beginning of the game, and that's cool. But when you have three guards and none of them box out or even try to make an effort to, you're going to lose those possessions essentially you know so we'll see how it goes i think it's a one one how about you i, I kind of struggle with I, I see both sides of it right um having picked boston to win the series i want to say that they're gonna go up 2-0 knowing that brooklyn's gonna likely even it up you know um but but then the other, you know, the devil on my shoulder kind of make, makes me agree with you. So I think that's kind of where I'm going to land. I think when you when you look at Kevin Durant's stat line, especially, you're going to see him him bounce back. And Kyrie probably plays a similar game. I think he's going to continue to be amped up throughout this one. Hopefully, they can get more performance from their bench, um, make up from some of that size with depth. And 
we'll see what happens, you know. I, but uh, yeah, I, I think one one. If not, another super close game. So I'm I'm excited for game two of this one. Yeah, man. It's just like you know, if Kyrie's the only person that makes more than one three on your team, like I think I think Steve Nash needs to evaluate. Even if you're stretching the floor with shooters, you know what I mean. It's yeah. like one for everybody. Kevin, Bruce, missing Joe yeah. Harris out there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. But let's jump to the uh, the morning game uh, of today. The uh, the Hawks blowing out, or sorry, excuse me. The, the Miami Heat blowing out the Hawks, uh, 115-91. 24-point victory today. Um, I think the most exciting part of this game was probably that, that little altercation <laughs> that, that Trey Young and very, Jimmy got very, into at the very beginning. Very, minor. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was nothing. And that's I think, kind of shows everything about this game. It, was just, it just goes to show that this is only going to be a four- or five-game series. As good as the Hawks were last year, as good as they prove to be in the play-in game, play-in games, you know, it's just, it's going to be tough for them. Uh, One thing that I want to highlight before uh, we get your thoughts, Andy, um, the Heat, this is super impressive, I think. 43 field goals, 35 assists. Yeah. Like, that's remarkable. That, like, that shows why they're the one seed in a crowded Eastern Conference that shows... Great coaching from Eric Spolstra and his staff, well-designed offense, different sets that they're able to run and able to plug and play different players. Like you see Gabe Vincent out there hitting timely shots. You see uh, Tyler Hero out there uh, hitting a couple buckets. You got Robinson who played a great game. Flamethrower. Yeah. So, you know, when you, when you have that ball movement, a team playing that well together, it's – that's what the result's going to be. So I'll let you kind of dive into more of the details here. Mm-hmm. Well, there's not too much to say really about this game. I mean, similar problem uh, in this game is that Atlanta had 26 points in the paint compared to Miami's 38. Once again, you can kind of see what they're missing, right? John Collins is back, but Clint Capella playing that role, if, if that's missing, obviously the point's in the paint is a huge problem for Atlanta. And we predicted this, that it was going to be pretty bad. Um, I didn't think that uh, Trey, though, was going to have this terrible of a game, right? One of 12, right? He had a total of eight points. And sure, he shot six of seven from the free throw line, but when you uh, attempt seven shots from the three-point line and you make zero there's there's something going on. With he just looked frustrated. Dude. He like yeah. he looked like the the defense was frustrating mm-hmm. him. It looked like you know the the lack of having a real lob thread, a big in there. Like they're missing clearly missing Capella uh, on both ends of the floor. And and John Collins came back after uh, re- I don't know fully recovering from his injury. You know. He didn't, I think he's probably still playing slightly hurt. Yeah, he didn't look completely like himself, only 10 points, only playing 21 minutes too. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just I think this is probably going to be a pattern for this series. As, as hard as the Hawks fight, like it's, it's, it's similar to kind of what we were saying about Nuggets Warriors, right, where you have a team in the Warriors or in the Heat that plays so well together that it wears you out, yeah. right? When when the eighth and ninth guys come off the bench, and they're 
the system doesn't change and it's executed at the same level, that's exhausting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. No advantage that you can possibly really... You can't take advantage of something that's already running. It's a, it's a, it's a perfect... perfect uh, every player is a perfect cog in the machine, you know? It just keeps running. Exactly. Um, and just want to highlight real quick, you know, Duncan Robinson had a huge slump throughout this year. He was even relegated to the bench uh, in favor of Max Struess, which... I actually like, you know, I'm not saying that Robinson's a bad player, but, you know, he was definitely having a slump and Max Struess provides more on the defensive end, but what a what a bounce-back game from Robinson in his first playoff game of, of 2022. Nine of ten from the floor, eight of nine from three for 27 points. Like, he's doing his job out there, and if if he does half of that in the rest of these games, they're, they're going to probably cruise to a sweep here. Yeah, yeah, and in contrast for the Hawks, you know, you have... Bogdanovich going O of eight, you know, um, and it's just uh, it's really tough when you have because at least at with the plan and everything, Bogey did look like somewhat of a second option, right? He looked like he was hitting shots. He looked confident today. Miami's defense kind of made his life extremely difficult, and then Trey Young too with the six turnovers. You know, ultimately we'll see how it goes. I won't ever count out Trey, because he he does play well in the playoffs. So we'll see if he makes adjustments. I think Nate McMillan has some things to really talk about with this team. Yeah, and I think if like if they are to get one, you know, this series, the whole mood's going to shift when it goes to Atlanta. Like, so easy we forget that this is a division rivalry, right? So they played each other four times this season. There's there's going to be some animosity there. Um, you saw it already with, with Jimmy and Trey. So this is probably going to get a little chippier. Um, probably a, and that's probably a safe bet when, when, when Jimmy Butler is on the floor. Um, anything else that, that you want to add to this one before we move to the other game in the Eastern Conference? I guess just one more thing, you know. Kyle Lowry, man. You know why you signed him. Ten points, nine assists, two steals. It's not flashy, but, like, winning player. Like, you know, <laughs> just picking up Kyle Lowry I think is really cool because um, the year before, Bam Adebayo was kind of becoming, like, slightly more of a playmaker, you know, kind of uh, more ball handling responsibility. But I think you could take advantage of Bam if you give Kyle just a little bit more playmaking responsibility. It's just cool because Bam can do other things too. So that versatility is really good. So shout out to Kyle Lowry. Yeah, and just to to build on that point real quick before we before we jump to the Bucks Bulls game, it's it's important to use your players' strengths always, right? And while Bam is really good as a ball handler, really good as a playmaker, an exceptional passer for a big, he's at his best in the short roll, where he can be a screener, get the ball in the high post, and make a decision, right? So it's like. When you're putting him in that position more and Lowry is able to do so, you have more success. It's almost the same thing. Like you see it a little bit with the Bucks, and like it's almost a perfect segue, right? right. With, with Giannis, um, there's times when I think we all want to see it as fans too. We want to see the triple-double. We want to see him hold the ball a little bit more, handle the ball, bring the ball at the floor. Oh, my God, it's a seven-foot point center. He can dribble up the four in three dribbles, right? It's insane, but that's not where he's at his best, right? And – you saw a little bit of it today where he started to press um, and you needed to get back to, to him being a screener, 
allow him to get that mismatch, get the defense in a four on three situation, and force then, a double. Yeah, or force yeah. a double. There's so like you're just in a way more advantageous situation when you do that. That's the way basketball is played right now. Um, but before <laughs> I will get off on a tangent on that, let's uh, let's jump to the to the third game of the day today. The the Chicago Bulls. Uh, losing to the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, although a valiant effort in the second half. They lost uh, by seven, 93 to 86. This one was like a real old school Eastern Conference playoff game. You know what I mean? There was 189 points scored. Right. Uh, I think one thing that we can kind of point out. 179, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Is especially in the fourth quarter, you could really see where, you know, t- when teams want to play it safe, they don't crash the offensive rebound, right? And for fast break points that they did, Milwaukee had eight and Chicago had five. This is a playoff, playoff game, like half-court offense. Let's run our sets. Uh, I think Chicago did a really, really good job kind of adapting in the fourth quarter. The doubles on Giannis, I mean, you're not going to stop Giannis from being able to create plays, but uh, a notable, in my opinion, I think uh, the player of uh, player of the game for Chicago would be Alex Caruso. I'd have to agree. Yeah, um, his box score. Don't look at his box score, guys. D- just completely ignore it. Like, just go watch the fourth quarter highlights if you haven't watched this game. Caruso was everywhere. He was I, the only reason that they even had a chance to win this game. He was teleporting. Like, yeah. I, I did, uh, like, <laughs> and maybe this is like slight tunnel vision, right? But obviously when you're watching basketball, you're usually watching whoever has the ball, right? And out of nowhere, Crusoe will just come up with a steal, deflection. He held his own in the post play. Like, he's, he just is... Uh, He's a Swiss army knife out yeah, there. And super fun to watch mm-hmm. for, for basketball junkies, too. Yeah, just because he tries so damn hard. Yeah, right. You know, and, like, he, he's guarding Giannis on a post-up. And then and, he's going to strip him. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was another post-up on Giannis where, you know, he, he misses the layup, but unfortunately Brooke Lopez was able to get the, the putback, you know. So it's just, it's just like that effort, that opportunity – where Caruso is any type of defender, the primary defender, the help defender, it doesn't matter. He's he's just going to be there and he's just going to do his thing. And it's just a really cool thing to see. I think the Lakers should have retained him, but he's proving it now in the postseason that he has extreme value. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just to, to recap a little bit more of this game, you know, this one was one, I think, partway through the second quarter, it kind of felt like, it was just going to be a, really similar to the Hawks Heat game where the, the higher seed just runs away with it. Um, but then the Buck, or Bucks, the Bulls, uh, they, they stayed in it. it Nikola Vucevic was huge in this game. Timely buckets. He was 24, 24.17 rebounds. Horrendous shooting. That's going to be a theme today. Um, 90s basketball out there today. But... Um, it was it was cool to see him, bat, you know, have a, have a big game and keep them in it, hit those timely buckets when that wasn't really what we saw from him throughout the year, and he was a little bit of a disappointment, you know. Like you can see, still adjusting to the third option role, um, trying to pick his spots. But today they really leaned on him. 
he was able to draw Giannis out of the paint a little bit with his ability to stretch the floor, hit a couple threes. Um, but when you look at the overall stat line for the big three of the Bulls today, and yeah, I know you're ready for this. It, it, when, you know, when it takes a calculator to do the field goal attempts, that's not good. Uh, 71 field goal attempts, and they made 21 of them. DeRozan was not 6 of 25, and Levine was 6 of 19. So just horrendous performance shooting-wise for those guys. DeRozan especially just didn't have his shot and didn't feel like he had the ability to assert himself in this one, which led to them leaning on Vooch. Um, and the Bucks were able to capitalize on that, you know, like when you're only getting two-point buckets each time down the floor and they're able to, to pack the paint, drive and kick and, and hit their guys, it, it made the difference. Um, anything else that, that you want to add to this game? Um, they just... I just wish Lonzo Ball could be in this lineup right now. Yeah, that, there is like when you see Caruso's defense, especially down the stretch, and and then they're not able to to hit a shot. You know, you just kind of wonder what could be when if you add an you add another forty point percent or forty uh, percent three point shooter, another playmaker, and another potential all defensive guard. Right. Yeah, and like I guess the one thing that's really cool is like we saw that uh, we saw this at the beginning of the year. Do you remember when they were playing against Brooklyn? I, I think it was Brooklyn, and Demar passed to Lonzo for a three for a game-winning bucket. Um, I'm not saying that's a pattern or proof of anything, but having someone, especially on offense, to ask Lonzo just to be like, "Hey, can you just stand in the corner?" And on offense, let's create something, but can you be ready to shoot? And be a glue guy. Yeah, and be a glue guy, for sure. Like, do everything right on the defensive end, play mm -hmm. make. You know, he's a great Hawk, passer. Hockey assists. Yeah, yeah, hockey assists and everything like that. But if you just look, right, Nikola Vucevic, 2 of 10 from the three-point line. Zach Levine, 2 of 10 from the three-point line. Caruso is 1 of 5, and Kobe is 2 of 6. Everybody else didn't make a three. And it's just like, wow, if you insert Lonzo into that lineup, you're telling me he doesn't make one or two threes there? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you put you add that to the box score, you know? No, that's, They're at 92. That's <laughs> like, a difference you know, maker. That's a difference that's maker, a difference and it's maker. big. So it's just really, really unfortunate that he can't play. Um, we'll see how DeMar really adapts. Yeah, that's where I was going to go next. I was going to say, like, you, you know, throughout the regular season, this is another divisional Rival rivalry matchup, um, similar to Atlanta Miami. There's going to be a little. They're bit so of, close together, you know. E there's going to be yeah. a little extra to it, right? Mm -hmm. That these these teams played each other four times throughout the season. Chicago didn't win one, and I'm uh, I'm pretty sure they lost by more than twenty in every single one of those games. So they have something to prove here, you know. I think there's another stat that that you kept bringing up throughout the season about the Bulls that. Weren't they winless against the top seeds in the yeah, East? Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Like, they, so, they couldn't prove themselves against top seeds in the East. Yeah, so they, there's there's clearly something to prove for this team. They started to play like it just, like, a little bit too late in this one, I think is really what it comes down to. And my question for you is, are you revising your prediction on this series at all? Actually, that's a perfect segue onto um, my bet. I, I bet a sweep. I bet a sweep. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, it was close, guys. Like, I know the box score is like, oh, seven points. Like, no, up to the point before the last couple possessions were, you know, it's just a bunch of fouls and everything. Like, it was a close game. Um, I guess I'm just, like, super confident in Giannis, even though he was, like, getting double teamed, right? 27 points, 16 rebounds. Three offensive rebounds, and he had three assists, but that doesn't, that's not a reflection of the opportunities he was creating for his teammates. The potential assists, I don't, we don't have the numbers in yeah, front of us, but I'm yeah. sure it's, it was know, like, it was like at 10. least four or five passes that could have been assists, right? And it was kind of a tough shooting night overall, you know, since it was kind of a gritty and grindy kind of game. Uh, so I expect Milwaukee to be able to shoot slightly better. Wesley Matthews had, um, uh, two of three from three, right? But Drew Holiday, six of 16. Giannis, 10 of 19. Now Middleton kind of did slack a little bit, four of 13. But, you know, it's all about adjustments. And I think uh, I think he, the shooting's just going to get, only get better from here for Milwaukee. For sure. No, I, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Just to get a pretty, some prettier basketball. But mm-hmm. in some ways, like, I, I, I kind of like the juxtaposition. Like, when you get a high-scoring game like the the Celtics-Nets... And then you get the rock fight, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like, the slug fest. Yeah, it's kind of it's a little fun, you know, and you get to see some great defense and 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 root for some misses and and bet on some unders, which uh, is the perfect segue. I just want to talk to you a little bit about our wagers today on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Can I just make an announcement, guys? We there's no such thing as losing a bet here. Absolutely, we don't no. be, we don't believe no. in losing a bet. No, 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 we donate. Yeah, we believe in donations to the sports book. Yep. There is no losing bets here. No, no, no. Never, I've never lost a bet in my life. Mm-hmm. This man's a philanthropist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's just review uh, some of our picks today. Um, I know you slept through the window here to, to, to bet on the Hawks heat game, but I, I, I laid a little bit down on this one. I had, uh, <clears throat> I had Tyler Hero over 28.5 points, rebounds, and assists, and... That one wasn't even close, so that's a bummer. Lost a unit on that one. Um, and also, I didn't even tell you about this one, but... Oh, you had another one? I, I, you've never seen someone miss parlay legs like me. <laughs> um, I, I, I had a, a two-leg parlay with uh, Kai Havertz of, of Chelsea to have two shots on target. He only had one and was subbed out in the 70th minute. Oh, that's tough. And then, <laughs> and then the over... Points, rebounds, assists for Kyle Lowry, which also did not hit. So, you know, we didn't start good today. We did mm-hmm. not start good today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you talk a little bit about the uh, the Net Celtics luck here, though. Oh, jeez. You know, it really hurts when you can script a game right when everything is going right. And and, some- and real quick, I just want to say when this when this man says script a game. This guy's an absolute madman with a same game parlay in front of his hand. I, I'm not even gonna list. How, how many what legs I have. were in that parlay? Thirteen legs. Thirteen legs. And how many legs hit? Uh, Eleven. I scripted the game very well. It was a safe. It was a safe. Um, how much money did you make on that bet? Uh. <laughs> D- you can just say zero. <laughs> None. <laughs> <laughs> the potential was nice, yeah. all right? It always but, is. It always is. But, but especially who, who blew it for one. you? Who blew it for you on that one? Uh, it was uh, Tatum with uh, six rebounds. I thought he would get six rebounds. And um, 
believe it or not, Andre Drummond. I expected four rebounds in the first quarter. There was one really awkward call because he ended up with two where it counted as a steal, but it really looked it like sh- a It probably should have been, been a board. It doesn't matter because he only ended up with two, two but yeah. you, know, you, want, you like hope being alive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, dude. 11 of my 13, you know, the basketball gods got to bless me at some point today. Hey, and, and they did bless me later in the day. You know, I, I finally made some good decisions here. Um, in that Nets-Celtics game, I, I threw a little alternate spread action down, plus five and a half in the Nets' favor, and, and that did hit with it coming down to a one-point game. I think those sort of lines, if, if any gamblers are listening out there, are, are going to be big in this series. A lot of close games, if you're able to kind of manipulate those lines, you can give yourself some some good opportunities. Yeah, boost uh, your odds a little bit. Boost yeah. your odds a little. Make some nice, up, uh, make some nice coin. Uh, also in that game, a little two-pick parlay uh, with the under on Jason Tatum threes, th- under three and a half, and he hit three. I was I honestly, I sweated that one a little bit in the whole fourth quarter. Um, parlayed that with the under uh, total points in the Bulls-Bucks game. Like we said, that was a slog, so that hit as well. So luck, luck was good uh, at, at the end of the day. Uh, also threw in a, a little bit of a Drew Holiday under as well with the points, rebounds, assists, so... Good, good luck for me at the end of the game. One other thing I wanted to recap with you, though, um, really, did you have did you have any action on the on the Bulls Bucks game before I jump ahead? Yeah, yeah, I did. So I'm just gonna state right now that um, these are some reasonable donations uh, coming in for Sportsbook, but I had a three pick parlay just on the money lines of the the Nets, uh, Milwaukee, and Phoenix to win it. Uh, the Bucks hit. I'm assuming the Phoenix Suns are going to hit, but I did lose on the Nets by one. That one was rather unfortunate. You know, you're almost okay with it though. Yeah, because of it how was it was such was. a good game. Like uh, that's why I believe in do- donations. And um, I just had a, two, a small two uh, two pick parlay where uh, Herb Jones, my guy, getting over nine and a half points, and Demar Derozan going over twenty seven and a half, which I missed by a mile. But hey, you know, we, we, you we look ahead. We look ahead to you, a brighter day. You, you know? win some, you donate some. You know. <laughs> yeah. No. Definitely. I I, I know the feeling. Um, <laughs> um, but real quick, I wanted to to recap and just close out this you know betting portion here. Yep. Yep. Um, by just rattling off um, to refresh the listeners our series picks, um, which we do have action on. I believe in every round. Um, Let's just run through these. Uh, for the Western Conference, for <clears throat> the Suns Pelicans, both Andy and I have predicted Suns and four bring yep. out the brooms. Um, in that, a really exciting Grizzlies and Timberwolves series, Andy picked the Grizzlies in six, while I have the Grizzlies in seven. Uh, in the oh, th- actually, I did make a change. So oh, you did? on on my bet. I did change it to Memphis Grizzlies 4-3. So we're on the same page right there. Oh, so, okay. We both got the Grizz in seven. Correction on that yeah, one. Yeah, yep. Um, moving on to the 4-5, uh, another exciting one in the Western Conference. We differ on this one, which is a little bit exciting. Uh, Jazz Mavericks. Andy has the Mavs in six. Yes, I do have the Mavs in six. And I have the Jazz in six. I think that Luke Andrews is going to be a little important. We'll see if he comes for game two. Yeah, hey, we'll see. Um, jumping over to the Eastern Conference here, Heat, Hawks, 
I have, uh, let's see, hold on. I, this might not be right here. I have, yeah, I have the Heat in five and you have the Heat in four. Is yes, that correct? I, I do believe in a sweep for the Miami All right. Heat. Two, seven. I've got the Celtics in six, which I know you were a little surprised by. Yeah, yeah. And, and what did you have for that one? Remind me. I think I had Brooklyn in six. If, if I six or remember. seven, I think you had. Yeah, yeah, I think it was six. I I, I don't really think anything's going to come to a seven except that Memphis Grizzlies Timberwolves series because that's just it's going to be so interesting. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then that uh, that three six in the East Bucks Bulls, uh, we both think in sweep. Yep. For that one, I I thought a sweep. Sweet. Uh, last series here, uh, Raptors, Sixers. I have us both down for Sixers and Six. Are you still good on that one? No, I made an adjustment on that. I think the 76 ers going to switch. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought that that was a little bit outdated before we, yeah, before we put that know, in. Just I think before we, we put it in, you know, with the whole uh, Scotty injury, you know. Like, I, 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 revo- just, I had Sixers in five. What did you say? I, um, I have the Sixers in four. Oh, wow. Another sweep? Yeah, another sweep. Yeah, I think with Scotty, like uh, – I, d- I really don't think Toronto can pull a game anymore. Like, yeah, I know. I know. I'm not trying to put so much like pressure or like emphasis on a rookie, but Scotty does so much on the floor, and it's just kind of that's a little bit deflating to have. You know what I mean? I think the Sixers will capitalize. Mm-hmm. No, totally understandable. I just think that they'll they'll get one. Hopefully, I'd love a longer series. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that about wraps up the show for today. I think. Uh, Talk through three games on this fine Sunday for basketball. And uh, we'll join you guys in just under a week's time here um, on this coming Saturday. That'll put us, you know, I think games three and four for the most part in all these first round series. So a good point to check in, see how these guys are performing, see how our predictions are doing um, and really dive in and, and, and talk through it with you guys. Um, that's all for me. Anything else that, that you wanted to add, Andy, before we sign off? No, man. Just a great day for basketball. I hope everybody's having a good day. Stay hydrated. You know, touch some grass. <laughs> and, and have a good week ahead. Cheers, everyone.